Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical Podcast with Jen and Lou. And I am Lou. I'm a soul astrologer. I'm a writer of two books. The latest is The Complete Guide to Astrology. And I'm also a shamanic practitioner and a hypnotherapist in training. <laughs> so, Jen, what about you? Hi, everyone. I'm Jen Duchenne, Prashik mentor, soul guide, teacher, author, creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards. I guide my clients to step into their joyful freedom. Cool. All right, today we are looking at the Scorpio new moon, um, which is on November the 14th or 15th, depending where you are. I'll talk more about that in a minute, but let's first uh, dive into our cards that we've pulled for this Scorpio new moon. Jen, what's your card? So I actually have a couple of cards because I pulled numbers, levels, one and then four. So I find that very interesting. One in terms of focusing on this new beginning, being a pioneer, shifting your focus. And then the four is reminds me of the year we're in, about the foundational pieces we've been working on. And then the actual uh, soul portal is 11. So mm. very exciting. The 11, a portal, a space to step into. Mm. Uh, very much about grounding into your power or your willingness to be present at this time. Very earthy. Mm. Uh, the figure, for those of you who can't see, there's rocks. Uh, this is from Avesbury. So the rocks or the roots coming out of the figure, the figure with her arms, like her head thrown back, her arms open, and this lightning energy coming in, very mm. Uranus energy, very much this earthing and this face uh, of this is who I am, this is what I'm allowing, this is what I'm stepping into. I kind of think that card's channeling um, Uranus is conjunct Black Moon Lilith on this upcoming new moon. And uh, that reminds me of that. <laughs> Very much that male, female, if you like, that energy of, you know, these forces coming together and being brought into, into life, into, into the this world into the body and kind of mm. accepting this idea of who we are and what we're here to do as opposed to waiting for somebody to tell us what to do. And I pulled, um, I pulled this card and I was like, no, this card can't be right for this new moon because I'm thinking of the eclipse. Jen and I were talking about the next new moon on December the 14th, but nope, I shuffled the deck. And the same card came out. So I pulled the strength card, which is actually the nine of wands. And it's actually the sun in Sagittarius. But I think the strength card is actually very relevant for this new moon. Because it's, I think this is the second of three new moons that's at 23 degrees. I'm not sure if we have any more at 23. I think it shifts back after that. But anyway, um, we'll talk more about the numbers in a minute. But um you know, it does feel like a very new beginning, this new moon, and that we need our courage. And Scorpio itself is, um, this new moon's in Scorpio, is a very strong sign. It's a very determined, almost obsessive sign. And it's about bring, gathering into your deep resources, which is very Scorpio as well, 
to gather your strength to uh, move forward, which is uh, the sun in Sagittarius, which is this card. So, you know, if we see all these arrows, for those that can't see it, they're all crossing in the middle with a very dark background. So that's very scorpionic. It does feel like gathering your quiver, if you like, your, you know, of arrows and, and crossing them so that they are stronger together. So you're gathering your resources to move forward um, in this time. I think it's interesting that these cards, there's a synergy going on, right? Mm -hmm. When you look at both of them have that like yellow light and the mm -hmm. red. Uh, but on top of it, both of them is, it is a very, this card in some ways could be very scorpionic as well. It's the sense of, of purpose, of determination. This is who I am. This is what I'm here to do. I'm not going to be um kind of swayed from what is my truth yeah. so really this grounding energy and they both have that line coming down i think that's really interesting right because it does take courage and boldness and a sense of um you know obsession if you will to be like this is my focus this is where i'm going as opposed to what is everyone else doing kind of thing right so they're both very focused cards and, and um, this new moon is very focused. So to talk more about the new moon itself, before we dive into talking about it, uh, the new moon is, um, as I said, on November the 14th or 15th, depending where you are. It's actually at 5.07 a.m. Uh, London time, universal time. Uh, so it's 12.07 a.m. on the 15th um, in Eastern time. And so it's, um, I've got to go backwards for this. <laughs> it's 10.07 p.m. Mountain time and 9.07 p.m. on the 14th Pacific time. So it's overnight, basically, on that night. Uh, so 14th or 15th, so Jen will have to do the two numbers <laughs> for us. Um, we haven't had that for a while, Jen. It's at 23 degrees of Scorpio um, and uh, we have a few planets at 23 degrees. Uh, the new moon will be in an almost exact aspect to Jupiter and Pallas Athena at 23 degrees Capricorn, um, which are in square to Eris at 23 degrees of Aries. And that's very significant. I'll talk more about that. Um, Venus um, will be at 22 Libra by the time um, we get to this new moon and she is conjunct the point of the last new moon in Libra uh, that was at 23 Libra. Black moon Lilith is conjunct Uranus, I already mentioned that in Taurus and so that's the sign opposing the um, the new moon. And Uranus is at the degree still of the full moon that's happening right as we record this on Halloween, just before Halloween. Um, so there's more things we'll come up with, but they're the main uh, kind of aspects that we're going to look at. Uh, one other thing before we start, uh, Mars will station direct on November the 13th. So um, just before this new moon. So he's pretty much still at a standstill on this new moon, which also is significant. So, yeah. 
Yes, I was just thinking about that. The rage of the female is the energy of Mars and the moon. So very important to understand the what is rising, which mm. relates to Eris and some of the other energies. So for the actual numbers, 23 is significant for many reasons. I know Vu's going to share some stuff around that, which uh, may be things we've talked about before. 23 is considered the most powerful number in the numerology. It is the number that uh, is about life and freedom and allows us to pursue what we believe in, what is right for us as opposed to listening to others. Um, and it uh, speaks to that sense of what's happening. The repetition of the 23 is not an accident. 23 is five. Uh, it also is using, you know, the prime numbers, the two and three and five is highly significant for many reasons. Uh, one, because next year, 2021 is a five year, uh, but it's also about change. It's about understanding that through our actions, through our belief system, through our willingness to be that devoted, that focused, as we talked about with the cards, that the reward is in that, the heart of the lion, it is the lion heart energy, the courage of our heart to follow what is true for us um, is really the message among others and how this relates to us on our human level. This is uh, understanding how we allow our intuition, what's true for us to pave the way for the way we're going forward and to activate the joy within us that allows us to truly express who we are, the love of the self, very important. And of course, we have some key 23s as well. We'll talk more about that. The uh, day or date. So the 14th is a five. So it's significant for those who are in the Americas or who are in where it is on the 14th. So this is very much about speaking out or expressing ourselves or having an awareness of things not being what we think they are and therefore we have to change. And how are we going to change? We can change through fear and anxiety and despair or through this idea that this is an opening, this is a doorway to shifting our approach because change is about shifting. Five is on a rocker and it moves and it's open on both sides. So it's a reminder of, are we look, looking to the past? Are we looking to the future? And when we look at the uh, 15, that is a very different energy for those who are in uh, other parts of the world where it's on the 15th. And that number is about the alchemy of living what is true for us. So these are the same stories, they're just from different aspects that when we love our contribution to life, then we follow what's true for us as opposed to what other people are telling us is true. So instead of um, following someone else's orders, we think about, we discern five and six. These are numbers that allow us to, to tap into what's true for us, right? Mm -hmm. Is like, what's true for me? What do I want to put value in? What do I love doing or being so I can activate it and connect to it? Mm -hmm. um, 
And also uh, just November is, a, of course, always an 11. So that portal, that energy, that opening, we know we're entering a space of change that we have to make some uh, commitment to this new path, the unknown opening, uh, as well as on the day of the 15. So that's the six plus um, 11. So 20 mm. is the four plus 11, which is four and 11 is what? I don't know, 15? 15. <laughs> 15. <laughs> 21. So it adds up to 21 for the, we'll just look at the London time, the world time. Uh, is another number that ties in with the six. It's the emotional self-expression. It's the expression of loving ourselves. So this is more of that, like how do we break through, through love, through coming from a place of love. So, and, and as Jen said, the 23, I've, I've spoken, yes, I have spoken about it before, but you know, I think we've got a lot of new listeners in this podcast. So it's a number that's been very significant throughout 2020 which has been a number of <laughs> amazing chaos and change as we all know and um 23 is actually the number of eris and she has moved back in her retrograde to her to the 23rd degree there's um a group called the discordians who worship um the goddess eris who is the goddess of chaos and discord and they say her number is a 23. It's also a, a number of um, chaos magic. Um, it's the number of digits in, um, in a human for uh, 10 fingers, 10 toes, two ears and a nose. <laughs> There's that song. Um, it's also 23 days in our biorhythmic cycle as humans. 23 um, is the number of pairs of DNA that we have. So it's a very, very human number. And this 23 has shown up over and over and over this year. And I, I think it's very significant as um, as Eris has kind of come to the fore. She was only discovered um, in 2006. And um, Eris's discovery um, kind of led to the reclassification of Pluto um, to a dwarf planet which is what Eris is. And um, Ceres was raised up to be called um, a dwarf planet. And since then we've had um, so many new dwarf planets discovered and there's more being discovered all the time. And, and it's like um, our consciousness is being expanded because each time new planetary energies are discovered, our human consciousness shifts in some way uh like when uranus was discovered the internet started and um when neptune was discovered um spiritualism uh started and pluto with pluto when his discovery um a psycho modern psychology was really developed so we're only at the beginnings of this consciousness expansion as our actual universe expands and we discover all these new bodies and eris the 23 the number of change which is a five is kind of the the bringer of that change she's the the starry messenger if you like um for this expansion and um i've talked about it before again as well pluto and eris are going to they're heading towards their 
third of five exact squares uh, with Pluto in Capricorn to Eris in Aries. And this next one's coming up on December the 10th. So we're approaching that often the middle of um, of these multiple transits is kind of often the peak one. So and Pluto is a great transformer. So we have big transformations and changes coming. Also, um, Jupiter and Pallas Athena are exactly conjunct at this 23 as well on this new moon uh, and in aspect to the new moon in Scorpio. Um, Jupiter is the planet of expansion and Pal Pallas Athena is um, is a warrior goddess who was kind of a, strat a strategist. She was a wise um, warrior but also represented, she was the goddess of wisdom, the goddess of war, and um, she's very Aquarian in nature. And so Jupiter and um, Pallas Athena together in Capricorn, in square to Eris, are the visionaries coming out of the chaos. This is what it feels like to me. And, and in the aspect to the sun and moon in Scorpio, of course, the sun and moon are the the masculine and feminine principles together at this 23 degrees of Scorpio. And Scorpio is the deepest of water signs. So it it kind of feels like this chaos is bringing this rebirth. Scorpio is the dark, is the night. And, and, and the darkness is the seed of creation. You know, we plant seeds underground in the dark and they grow and um, new life is formed in the womb in the dark. So it's a really creative yet chaotic um, new moon for all those reasons. And I do feel like it's our human consciousness being expanded in some way. And I, I choose expanded deliberately rather than, um, you know, because who knows if we we're, I, I don't know if we're all going to become like these magical enlightened beings, but we are being expanded in some way. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, we are being expanded. And the thing is, the whole, to me, or what I hear, is the whole thing about Eros is this um, awakening of the fierce within the feminine, right? Mm -hmm. Just remembering that all of us have that side, that mm -hmm. uh, intuitive side, male or female, but we've been operating from a place of trying to fit in, trying to um, keep the peace, trying to make sure that, you know, we're all doing the right thing, mm. quote unquote, right thing. And with this uh, um, kind of bursting on the scene and with this energy of understanding that the things that we have tried to control or fear, the unknown, the sense of discord or something coming in and destroying what has been, mm we've developed a terror around it as a people we don't like change and that's all bullshit of course we are change is very natural to life there is nothing that doesn't change just the growth we talk about the planting of the seed in the womb the, the idea of the lotus in the muck in the dark with mm. something happens the cycle of life like we're going up when we hit the peak we go down we hit the that place that dark muddy place so that we can we can 
regenerate and rethink. So our whole thinking about how life works has been controlled by this idea that it has to make sense and it has to be nothing that's out of our field is possible. Mm -hmm. And that bad things that happen are no good. So it's destructive. But of course, things happening, whatever you want to call them, are part of the cycle of life and now we're at a place where we have moved enough out of the fear that we can actually begin to understand like oh maybe those things i thought were bad or those things that this whole structure of how life works uh, is not actually it's not actually how it works it's what i've been told and what i did so that to me is the power of discord the power of the 23 is this awareness like, oh, I'm the one that has to change. The world won't change if I don't change. And that is the power of the 23. It's like, oh, I'm the instigator. I'm the one that has to broaden my mind, take a leap of faith, do things that other people say are possible. We just have to look around at the world and see people doing things that we admire and go like, wow, how did they do that? Completely ignoring... The, the typical and still creating chaos and wonderment. And that's the joy of chaos. We have to get out of this yes. idea that chaos is, is wrong or scary or shouldn't happen. But chaos is good, right? Even yeah. when it feels uncomfortable, it shifts us. It moves things. It's so it's important. So I think it's about becoming comfortable with chaos, you know, and kind of embracing it, really. That's, you know, and this energy of creation. I mean, in my book, you know, The Complete Guide to Astrology, I, I talk about becoming more and com more comfortable in that kind of twilight zone. And, you know, this, this, how our culture is so day it's so controlled it's so like shine a light everything on it and here's the rules and this is the way it is and you know <laughs> and this is the way it should be well clearly we're being taught that uh things aren't always going to stay the way they are <laughs> yeah it's so true you know it's funny because like you say you wrote that in your book and in my book that i wrote the mm. cocoon we talk, I talk about, and I'm actually teaching a class around that, which is breaking through your myths, this idea of what we've been taught in a certain way is um, that it's real. And of course, a lot of it isn't real, but we didn't know that or we don't know that until we really dive deeper. Uh, and I think that's to me is the level of these players that have been playing a certain role or moving us along into this place where now, oh, there are other opportunities. And just thinking about how Pluto plays this role of um, the one, you know, it's kind of interesting how Pluto is named like the evil one or the wrong one or oh. the one that takes us down into the depths and forces us to do things. Uh, and of course that's all illusion because yeah, sometimes it does feel like people are forcing us or we don't have a choice, but we can bring a different approach instead of feeling victimized or feeling uh, terrified uh, of claiming something or saying something, right? Yeah. Uh, changing how we see it and how we operate with it, we change the experience we have and the impact, right, yeah. of how we deal with it. 
So it's I find it fascinating that Pluto and Jupiter and all of these players that have been considered so much part of the the plutocratic, autocratic, whatever, are playing such an important role of with the feminine, with more of these um, intuitive uh, hidden parts of us, right? The mm -hmm. part of even like you were saying about the Scorpio thing, right? This idea of those things that are so hidden that we don't even know ourselves what they are. And as they start to move, like this desire, if you think about even the story of Pluto, that what in the old stories that women don't have desire, they have to, you know, somebody else has to control them and do the stuff, but they wouldn't have desire, right? Like that old story. Like why wouldn't a woman have desire, desire to have sex, desire to create things, desire to have power and, and tap into it as opposed to, oh, I'm just this little peaceful, I don't have any energy. It's just so ridiculous, right? Yeah. And these are the stories we have lived with and accepted. Of course, when we little children, we very mm -hmm. of us said, no, that's bullshit. It's not possible, right? But we probably thought it, right? And interestingly, Pluto and Venus are both at uh, 22 degrees and in square to each other on this new moon. And more and more, you know, a lot of, a lot of astrology has talked about Venus as being, Venus and Neptune being the lower and higher octave of love. Well, you know, Venus is more meaty than that and more earthly. And more and more I see Venus as the um, similar energy octave of Pluto, because it's earthly desires and deep soul desires. And, and the two of those are squaring off at this 22, which is um, a master number as Jen will probably tell you. And um, before we go back to that though, I do wanna mention something I spied in the chart that I hadn't before. While, <laughs> while we're talking about Eris squaring Jupiter and um, Pallas Athena, and this is a configuration that I really only discovered about two months ago. And they just keep popping up again and again and again. And it's a Thor's hammer. And Vesta is at eight degrees of Virgo forming a Thor's hammer. She is throwing the hammer to Eris and Jupiter and Pallas Athena. And, you know, the Thor's hammer um, or thing or um hammer of god or the fist of god as well you know he's punching <laughs> punching the earth kind of thing is coming from vesta and that's adding to this increased change but what is vesta she is the flame she is the flame of the hearth and she is in virgo the sign of wholeness being one who is whole unto uh themselves you know this is saying this change is giving us this opportunity to become fully whole and really acknowledge these more raw, magical sides of ourselves, not just this very um, day straight up rule following side. You know, it's 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 quite exciting. All this, I think, it's real. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is very exciting. I suddenly got a vision. I think the Akashic Masters they like to drop in these little visions when you're talking, Lou. But it's really interesting because I suddenly had this vision of this cart being in the mud and suddenly starting to move, right? So we've been trapped in this because a lot of our rule following is about con controlling 
the outcome, right? Being certain and, and punishing people and making sure everyone is, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. And this idea of this pushing this cart, like this earthly cart of all of us being stuck in the mud and kind of going, okay, here we go. We're moving forward. We're, we're seeing different things. We're allowing, we're making room. We're opening that portal to the magic. What else is there to see besides um, what others have told us, the meaning of what things are. And I find it fascinating. Okay, Vesta in that energy of being not only the hearth, but the, the flame of passion, right, is where it begins, is the, when we feel that sense of we are whole unto ourselves, we then light the fire, right, which is also that connection to Mars and that connection to what I was talking about, the fire in woman that has been mm -hmm. denied. Like we've had the fire in men, or yes, it's been distorted, but there is a certain thing that's accepted, aggression and things like that are acceptable for men, right? It hasn't been accepted that women can have desire and aggression. And we've had a lot of pushback, but also a lot of people going, well, I don't care, I'm doing it. I'm showing myself in this, you know, physical, um, fiery way. Yeah. So it's fascinating that there is that, right? And that eight degrees, of course, uh, and I think Uranus is still at eight. It is. Yeah, I was going to get, and so they're in aspect to each other. And there's that other wild elemental creature, Black Moon Lilith, next to Uranus, kind of also shaking the world up, <laughs> the, bringing the chaos. So, uh, yeah. yeah changing the story right and this is the thing when we understand that these energies the eight is about that leadership of seeing the bigger picture and this um, connection with Lilith which is I'm taking back my desire I'm taking back my story I'm not going to be the one who was kicked out or who lost something because I you know the story that has been told that she was dissatisfied and there was you know, and that's kind of the story we've all lived, like, oh, I'm dissatisfied and therefore I get kicked out, right? Mm -hmm. Especially as a woman or a male who doesn't resonate as a, you know. An alpha male type, yeah. <laughs> this idea, if your desire doesn't match what I need or you're too passionate or you're too this and you want to do something to destroy what I've created, you booted out, you're punished. I'm going to put a cross on your forehead or, you know, I'm going to show everyone that you didn't do what I wanted. And now that story is like, wait, that was the story we're held, but that's not the truth. And we're reclaiming this fire, this, this desire, this voice. This is how it is. This is how I'm doing it. And it's so fascinating because so many times we have this idea that when people speak out, that they're loud and they're mm. uh, strident and they, you know, they do all these things and we can all point to them and say, oh, look at you, you're destructive. But so many times we've seen that power can be super quiet. And in that quietness, there is a resolution and again I see that picture it's like pushing how do you get the that cart out of the mud right you don't get out, it out by yelling at the cart right you yeah. just have to kind of get there and use that kind of quiet labor to push the cart out of the mud and that's really what's happening is all of these things are happening so quickly mm. that uh, and that's a good thing 
So it gives us this opportunity to make change that is so powerful, taking back our leadership, taking back our fire, our ability to go, I'm changing my story. Like when I'm engaging with Pluto, when I'm engaging with Lilith, this is not the story of being like pushed into something. I'm, I'm taking my equal place. Coming from deep within, it's that hidden treasure that, you know, that inner diamond that's been mined inside you. And <clears throat> sorry, I always see Scorpio as a very quiet power. It's, um, you know, anybody who knows anybody with with strong Scorpio in their chart, they know they've, they've got this intensity and they can kind of kill you with a look. It's kind of, it doesn't have to be, not literally kill, but you know, it's that, it's that piercing kind of energy that, and then you know when they say something, they mean it, um, if they're in their strong Scorpio, of course. And so this, this feels like that to me, all of this, you know, and we've got the, um, We've got the female energies and the male energies or the night energies and the day energies as I'm trying to move towards calling, calling them more all teaming up again in this astrology chart and, and aspecting each other. We've got Pluto, the modern ruler of Scorpio, almost at that 23rd degree. So he's really involved in it as well. Um, we've got Mars, the, the traditional ruler of um of Scorpio just turned direct after his rare retrograde in his own sign Aries. Having learned, we've been kind of reviewing and reflecting upon our will and our drive and how we take action so that we can soften it. Uh, Mars was also um, eclipsed or occulted literally by the moon during his retrograde, which has kind of softened it. And in the physical world, we've, we've discovered more water on Mars. So you know, all these energies are kind of either the, the so-called masculine or day energies in the chart are being softened. That doesn't mean they're changing completely. We're just seeing that softer side of them. And conversely, the female or night energies are revealing their strengths. So, yeah, it's all kind of coming together. We're not all going to come to some homogenous middle, um, you know, but we're all realizing we're not on this polarity or this polarity. There's a continuum. We've all got these strengths within us and some have more of this, what might traditionally be called masculine energy. And some have this more what might traditionally be called feminine energy. But then there's all these shades in the middle. And we've all got some of all these things within us, too. So I think we're I think that's probably the biggest expansion in our consciousness is kind of realizing we're not all either this or that. The polarities are just not the polarities, really. So. Very true. And also is thinking about, especially if you think about Mars being in Aries and its home sign and Aries being the fiery starter or the fire starter. Uh, when we're safe, when we feel safe, like if we think about day and night, right? The sun and moon, they know their, their function. They know who they are, what they are. They're not kind of going, am I the sun? Do, do people admire me? Or am I doing the right thing? Or do I need to hide? And 
they they very comfortable being who they are and most of us have issues around being who we are because mm -hmm. of judgment so if you think about this idea of that softening is coming from a place of i can get more comfortable in who i am and that's definitely the energy of the 23 i can mm -hmm. begin to own who i am without trying to hide it and when i do that i can soften i can mm -hmm. uh, get to that place where i'm not trying to force myself on others when i'm just being who i am and that's a much safer and a much more sexy place to be. It's like, yeah, I know who I am and I'm okay with you know, people don't like me or uh, they do like me or I don't need to change myself to kind of move along with other people's requirements. Mm -hmm. And then we can be in that place of deep quietness where we are pulling down into the depths of our soul, into the depths of our humanity. And um, yeah, and to to kind of talk about a little bit what you were saying, Lou, just now about this idea that people think, oh, we're all going to turn into these kind of, I don't know what these, you know, kind of, um, I don't know, this happy people or something, or we're all going to be the same. No, enlightened and awakened. And right. Because the thing is that it's like to be enlightened, which is just lighten up, mm. is to have a better relationship with the dark, right? Yeah. So it's like the relationship the sun and moon have, right? They're not, they don't change their position because of the other. They recognize the other and they allow the other to be. And that's the same as us. When we recognize there are going to be people who we don't agree with, they're going to be those people who can talk about lightness and fear the dark or, or anything in between from one polarity to the other. And we want to go to that neutral place where we're like, yeah, I love being who I am. Yeah, maybe some things about myself uh, I would like to change, uh, but that doesn't take away from being in, in fullness of my own expression, right? We actually learn how to change by doing things, not by sitting on the side. Like it's just like that moving that chariot. It's not gonna move by itself, right? We have to do the work. We have to want to move because when grooves are formed, you know, it's easy for the chariot to fall back in the wagon and go, oh, okay, we still got to get up and push it out again. Mm. Uh, but this awareness that we can be these deep, souls or these very surface people or whatever it is and it doesn't matter because we get to express whatever we want to express and you know um, myself more than um jen because i am a five and and so i am a media hound and <laughs> soak up the media <laughs> i look at what's happening you know on on in the news and on on, on social media to kind of uh, see representations of the energies um, and that's just the way I work but you know I'm in I'm interested talking about this enlightened and awakened kind of energy I'm seeing this great move uh, to kind of dismantle some of the um, new age uh, stuff that's been talked not to dismiss it and say that it had no value but to point out where there could have been errors there as well and and where it could some of it could have actually been harmful for actual p 
people who have to live real lives and work two jobs, uh, uh, you know, and to keep and not everybody can, you know, go off and sit in in an enlightenment in an ashram. If you can, great. But at least acknowledge that there are people that can't do that. And and there's a lot of outsider energy with, um, you know, Eris was an outsider. Black Moon Lilith was an outsider. Juno's uh, pretty close to the new moon. Uh, they That was the goddess of the outsiders. Ceres in this chart has is retracing her retrograde steps and is moved uh, back into Pisces. All of these energies in the chart are asking us to kind of think of people who who are unable to kind of, you know, go and sit in an ashram for um, and, and reach their enlightenment, that they have to still embody their own um, wholeness as well. And how can we bring them up as well? And how can we encourage them to live their best life and don't make it how it should look? <laughs> Right. And that's uh, interesting. I was just looking at Venus at that mm-hmm. 22 in Libra. And uh, of course, 22, as you mentioned, master number, mm-hmm. it really is the architect of peace, coming mm-hmm. to peace with. So again, having peace is not that thing like everybody does it a certain way. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the answer. And those who don't, they just don't get it. Uh, instead, and then looking also at the nodes at the 20 you know this idea of coming to that place of being willing to understand that we don't all get to the same places in the same way and we don't all want to go to the same places mm-hmm. that what makes life rich is our differences mm-hmm. what makes it easy is where we connect yeah. right so what do we want to connect and what do we want to you know, be bold about the sun and moon, they share the space, Mm. Uh, they don't operate in the same way. But they have the ability to find what works for them, right? They do their thing, like the moon can come up when the sun's up. Hey, yeah, stopping the moon from coming up, it just doesn't look the same. It doesn't have the same impact. So it's okay. It's like, wow, I love seeing the moon up uh, every day. But it it's, it's not saying, oh, how dare the moon come up because the sun is up, right? That's kind of like how we're going around telling other people, well, I have the answer, so you should do what I do. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm not like you, and so or I'm not interested in doing it the way you do it. And so understanding where do we um, give away our power because we want to control others or we want to control or we want to know the answer. We want to be right. Humans have an obsession with wanting to be right. And instead of just like doing what you desire, what is this deep thing inside of you, this watery depth that has been hidden that wants to be brought into the limelight with that energy of you know, if we want to be the architects of peace, then we have to design a system that allows us to build a structure the way everyone can be expressed. So we can say, listen, mind your own business. This is how I'm doing it. But we're not saying it in a way that we're turning them into our enemies. We're not creating an issue about it. We're just like being very straightforward 
learning to be more straightforward. I think that's the other aspect of the 23 that's so interesting. And I was just looking how many fives we have on this. There's so many fives. Mercury is at five. The sun and moon at the 23. Uh, Jupiter and Pallas Athena. Yeah. As well as Chiron. Chiron's at five, yeah. Mm -hmm. Eris and oh Hygieia is at 14.5 and she's global health so she's uh, certainly been showing her face this year (laughs) the interesting thing about change is when we have a a healthy attitude to change I do believe that is part of this role is when we we are not anxious about what's going to happen. I've seen people writing like with the election and stuff coming up, like, oh, I can't wait to have the results. I'm sick of it. It's like all that anxiety around things that are immaterial in so many ways, because are we being controlled by what people are telling us or are we coming and going like the sun and moon? This is who I am. This is how I'm going to operate. And I'm going to adapt. So I get to that place where I feel more free because free five is about freedom health is about freedom the Mm. freedom to listen to your own body the freedom to make your own choices and not get hooked into the idea that i'm getting sick because somebody else is doing something to me or this is happening like sometimes it may happen we may get sick like even though we're doing all the right things Mm. right and that's just the way it goes with everything with change yeah i would say that scorpio as well is is very much about being um about deeply bonded relationships and and deep connection and venus in libra is about the connectedness of all so so you know there is the the thing of freedom but there's also the freedom to know that we can all support each other and not just think of the me 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 freedom there's a lot of the we in this chart um you know, because I know, and I know Jen did not mean the me, 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 me freedom, but I just, I just, I'm surrounded by it in where I live at the moment. Those who are like, well, no, I'm not going to wear a mask because it's my freedom and, you know, that kind of freedom. So I just want to say that this chart is really about deep connection and knowing that we're interconnected, talking about those polarities, you know, we are, we are not either this or that everything we do affects everything else we're in this together so there's this cosmic soup kind of energy of it and and i just also wanted to talk a little bit more about jupiter and Pallas athena at the 23 degrees something jen said triggered this thought um and it was referring back to what i was talking about about the re um revisiting i guess we're in mercury retrograde now about some of these um new age thoughts and it's not just the new age thoughts it's the revisiting how we govern and how we um are governed uh, and jupiter is very much about judgment too Ju- he's it is the judge he is like the natural law and um we are being asked to change that as well how we judge others And for some reason, it came to mind about this states of levels of consciousness of people to to judge that somebody's a higher level of consciousness, to my mind, is a judgment in itself. 
how can we be a judge of whether somebody else is in a, a what consciousness they're in you know <laughs> and i think we're being asked to release judgments in this absolutely and you're right i'm not talking about this idea that's this no, i know you wouldn't yeah <laughs> people who say I'm going to do whatever, I, like, it is a very subtle thing, because yeah. on one hand, we do want to do what we want to do, right? Yeah. And on the other hand, but we want to be aware we are part of a complex uh, organism, that all of us, our actions impact others. So when we're choosing from a, an unhealthy ego or out of balance ego, where we just want other people to do what we want, because we don't want to bother, right? That's very different from having a an understanding that like hey i believe in kindness so if i believe in kindness or i believe in love then i have to live that even on the days when i'm annoyed or even when somebody else is doing things that i don't believe in like how do i find place for that because i don't have control over the other person but i can certainly approach it from a different place and come to a different place and allow that to expand and it is about the um the tipping point right mm -hmm. the tipping point inside of us the tipping point of the people around us when more of us like the more safe we become like i was talking about that idea of safety and to me that's the ultimate with uh, venus at their 22 and the nodes being at the 20 and pluto also at the 22 that's the ultimate is when you find that exact point where between, uh, you know, the dark and light, where it's mm -hmm. all feels safe enough to relax into, so you can move and swivel and do what you need to, then you're at that place where you have room for compassion for others and go, oh, maybe somebody else doesn't want to do what I'm doing. Let me listen to what they're saying. Let me hear. So I'm not going and dictating to everyone, this is how it's supposed to be, because how would I know, right? Exactly. And it's that acknowledgement that, you know, we're only truly free when we're all free, you know, it's like, you know, to, and to, to, you know, just be in that considerate, um, compassionate place, which kind of brings me to what we've got going on in Pisces. Ceres, uh, I did mention, has moved back into Pisces by this, by the next new moon. And she um, has been retrograde for a while. And uh, she is moving into this place of deep compassion and grief and loss in Pisces. You know, I think it's right that we should feel um, some grief for all the losses that we've experienced this year. But with that comes compassion for what others have lost as well. So we've got that element. And Juno is um, in Scorpio in exact trine to a Neptune in Pisces. And Juno is the rights of the oppressed. Um, Ceres was also the goddess of the plebeians, the ordinary people. So there's a lot of this in this um, chart about finding that deep compassion and kindness in, in so many ways uh, as well. So I right. really think we're being given an opportunity to come to, to all choose to come to a place of realizing that we're only free when everybody's free and to really work towards bringing this radical change that's needed in our world. 
And, and I was just thinking about how we are so drawn to people that are kind and compassionate, mm -hmm. and not trying, not punishing us for who we are and are accepting and go, well, I had this experience and come and join me and I accept mm -hmm. you. You know, we can all change our minds. We have done horrible things and we can, you know, I did that. Now I want to be someone different. And uh, those are the people we're drawn to. We're not drawn to, except sometimes that kind of weird thing we get, uh, that fascination for things that kind of disgust us. But yeah. that's the um, aberration, right? In terms of, oh, here's somebody being cruel. This is so fascinating. But at some point we move away from that because it's there's no growth there, right? That's the thing is growth comes from this juicy place that's zero in Pisces where we go what do I want, right? What is imprisoning me? What is holding me back? A lot of it has to do with our judgments, our thoughts about others. Why are people doing this to me as opposed to that person's doing whatever they're doing? Maybe yeah. I could tell them I don't like it, or maybe I can be compassionate to the idea that they have a different experience mm -hmm. than I do, right? So it's not about changing others. It's about changing us ourselves and then opening our arms to this idea let's all be who we are in a safe place so we can honestly share how we feel and make changes as opposed to somebody deciding that they know the answer to everything absolutely yeah so i don't know if i've gotten oh i think i, I did want to talk about how excited i am that uh, black moon lilith I use the uh, true calculation of Black Moon Lilith to those that want to know more about the astrology. Some people use the mean um, Black Moon Lilith, which is kind of the smoothed out orbit. But um, either way, Black Moon Lilith is moving into Taurus and, and doing this dance with Uranus now. And I cannot um, emphasize how excited I am that these two are doing this dance. I think there's going to be a lot more volatility, though, in kind of like the financial kind of world that I don't really understand, but there is. Um, also, on this new moon, Mercury is retracing his retrograde um, shadow. He'll be at five degrees Scorpio, as Jen said, and almost in exact opposition to this uh, Uranus-Lilith conjunction as he heads back to the 11th degree of Scorpio where he, he retrograded. And so I think there's going to be some big news about shifts in values, um, shifts in uh, people's finances and things around the time of this new moon. Because the Taurus-Scorpio um, um, axis is definitely about money, value, um, finances, all those kind of things, and what we value. And um, so there's a, there's going to be some big news and change coming up around this new moon or, or right after it, I think, regarding that as well. That's also going to feel quite chaotic. So, Right. And I do think we're heading to, um, what's that, suddenly that expression, although I know it's specific to something, uh, something like an Arab Spring and the idea of the rising of the the ordinary, yeah. uh, the ordinary people rising in a sense that um, even though it's anger, it's not the anger of um, destruction, although some may be destructive. Mm -hmm. It's more the anger of, and this ties into what's coming up for me in terms of the value. It's how we value what we value, mm -hmm. right? 
uh, when we are looking at what is earthly or what is material or what is the thing because so much value is placed on things it's kind of ridiculous when you think about the stock market i mean people say oh how can you believe in magic it doesn't exist but then you go to the stock market and they it's completely meaningless really (laughs) doesn't even exist right (laughs) years or whatever don't exist and you go like oh i got all this money and then it actually it is not real until you kind of sell these shares or people's Mm -hmm. clothes like the prices are so ridiculous that it's out of reach so there's this rebalancing of energy that has to happen from an emotional point of view a physical point of view a spiritual mental like a lot of things being shaken up because Mm. we've got all these illusions like we were saying there's illusions about what spirituality means what it means when we go to the fifth dimension what it means when somebody does something or all of these things that are not about a, a fair distribution of resources it's not an understanding of what resources are and how we use it it's just somebody coming along going oh i found something i found a pot of gold i'm just going to do whatever i want and not thinking about well wait a minute how does this relate to the people in my life the world that i live in my values that i care about the things i want to see if we do have wealth which we all do in our own ways, then shouldn't we think about how we're using our wealth to impact the life we're having? Because everything is a reflection, right? So if we're thinking, well, it's mine and I I don't want to let it go or somebody else is doing that, then we're basically recreating a system of lack. There's not enough to go around, right? Yeah, and, you know, it's talking about this... uh this what we value i mean you know how does it add to your own self-worth and value to think you know, i need 10 boats or whatever like that, you know, kind of thing. now i'm not saying nobody should have 10 boats but when somebody else has got nothing it's kind of like you know or they're really struggling and they've got this like they're they're living on the streets because of medical debt this is kind of like the, the this it's all being shaken up and this is the chaos of it and this is this is the rising up of these asteroids in the chart you know juno and and ceres and they're all outsiders or they were the goddesses of the outsiders and the the ordinary people and had to be looked after the gods whether you believe they were real or not realized that the people need to be looked after the ordinary people you know they needed as much support and and not in the not in the nanny state kind of way or the uh or the patriarchal kind of you know putting you down kind of way it's just they needed equal access to resources the ability to be able to care for themselves and when that much is being kind of taken uh by the few then the ordinary people are not able to do that so Right. And it actually makes no sense when we think about it, because when you destroy the thing that is your um, roots, right, because you could say ordinary people, since there's more ordinary people, right, even though we're all great souls. so And we're all ordinary, really, you know. (laughs) Uh, But if we want to say like, oh, this person has, you know, more or 10 boats or one boat or whatever, and the rest don't have a boat. 
then it's like these people, the backs of the people that are doing the work that creates this difference. When you don't take care of that, right, then everything rots because when you just use it all up, there's nothing left. And uh, that's kind of where we are right now. It's this this destructive energy of certain people who are in a privileged place that go, who cares about them? Just give me more, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Instead of doing what we are meant to do, which is cycle the energy, right? We want to cycle the wealth. We want to cycle the resources. We want to be aware that, look, I'm not the only person who's hungry who needs food. There are people around me that need opportunity, food, etc. All those things that water, right? Yeah. All of those things that uh, every living being mm. uh, uh, should have access to, right? So it's a very different uh, structure. It's like all these, you know, all the the unmentionables, the discards, the ones that have been shoved out of the way, that have been too much trouble, all kind of marginalized there. Yeah. Coming together. And, you know, the ones that have told you should be grateful for what I give you. And it's like, you know, all this charity stuff, but yeah, kind of rising up. Right. And that's the revolution that we're having. We're not having a revolution in the way that we have seen in history books. Yeah. We're having a revolution of our approach to what we're accepting. Like we're not waiting for handouts. We're not asking for people to, to take care of us. We're just asking for the opportunity to be equal that the situation and how we see ourselves. And yet, uh, there's all, and I think it's more equal equality of opportunity, you know, really. Yeah. I think there's always going to be inequalities. But and that's just we don't want the same things. Exactly. It's just too far apart right now. <laughs> balance, and we want it to be back in balance for so many reasons. But a lot of this is the unhealthy attitude. When you take out all the dissonance is that it the people the dissenters and those that are oh no good because they spoke too loud or noisy or they came in the wrong clothes or whatever it is when you take them all out and you have this homogenous kind of white bread type of energy where no one's arguing because they're afraid they're going to lose something that they need right their job their um their standing it makes a very precarious uh way of living it does and and you know jen's quite right you know the 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 people are going to be rising up and it's more in a and as jen said it's not there will be some anger but it's more in a way of i'm not going to be ignored anymore and i am not going to be sidelined and cast out anymore right yeah yeah very exciting time i think the good the the best thing is not to to be too focused on the ones who perpetuate violence or the ones who make stories up about it, but to be more neutral, right? Ask more questions. Is it true or is it, are they like the big peaks? Because often like news and stuff will go to those that make the most noise or the most colorful. Um, They're not necessarily, uh, um, they're not the most important, but they are given the most attention because they're the noisiest or most colorful. And so thinking about what's in the middle between those extremes of people who are pushing a certain agenda is the rest of us that are reasonable, 
uh, people that want to find ways to be in our truth and live in integrity. So let's focus on that, right? Let's ignore the noise and go forward. You know, of course, we don't want to be foolish, but we also don't want to be caught up in so much anxiety, right? That's the shadow of this change is I'm frozen. You're in that fear and yeah, you freeze and, and, you know, and then they get to do what they're doing and you're just in this like, oh, (laughs) so yeah. Right. And they're, you know, to them, they're expressing what they're expressing, but we have to get to a place where we can be uh, starting to establish a greater sense of grounding I'm just thinking about a story. I saw somebody post about some friend of theirs that went to a certain area, like in California, and they, their kids were protesting, you know, putting up signs, Black Lives Matters, mm-hmm. et cetera, uh, matter. And uh, a whole bunch of these people from outside, not even who lived there, but came with their guns and, the, you know, these kind of... It happened in Utah, yeah. <laughs> it apparently happened all over. But anyway, these there were a bunch of women who chose to go and protect these kids and stand with them. And what they did is they just stood in silence. They didn't respond to any of these things, these people spitting at them and, you know, putting their phones in their faces and waving flags and yelling and calling, insulting them. They just stood there and just like held that space. And the woman said, well, it was terrifying, but we did it anyway. Right. And uh, these people eventually uh, kind of gave up, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, these aggressors, because they weren't getting the response they wanted. Now, that's enormous strength, right, Mm -hmm. that then does what we want to do, which is say, like, you are so unimportant that I'm not even going to, like, even when we feel fearful inside, Mm -hmm. you're so unimportant that I'm not even going to give you attention. I'm not going to do something that's going to make you think like, oh, I got you, right? Exactly. right and that's power that's the taking back the power i'm here i'm present but i'm not going to behave the way you want me to behave yeah and i'm just going to be solid in my values yeah yeah so i want to do a little ad break before we go and look at the symbols because we're trying to change things up a little bit but um we haven't mentioned our patreon uh, or our uh youtube our Facebook page or our Instagram. So a little shout out for our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical. We are now um, recording Patreon only uh, content after we record this and we do card pulls. We're going to start, we're going to mix it up each time. We're probably going to look at a theme this time. So just for $3 a month and excuse my dogs, the mailman rang the doorbell. um or the male woman i think we have right now actually but anyway um yeah the patreon for just three dollars a month you support the running of this podcast and uh and so on and so forth i also want to mention that jen and i are going to do a 2021 um call when did we say we'd do it november the 19th yes november the 19th we are going to do a free zoom call looking at the energies of 2021 so you know look to our facebook page weirdly magical for the link to sign up to that and follow our page while you're there and leave us a review leave us a review on itunes if you like this podcast we've got lots of great reviews now but we always appreciate more please follow us on instagram um, weirdly magical podcast on instagram 
and where else? The Facebook page. Oh, YouTube. Yeah, Weirdly Magical on YouTube as well. We're getting uh, quite a lot of uh, podcast views on the YouTube channel now, so please subscribe to that as well. Um, you know, subscribers all help the algorithms and help the visibility and all that kind of stuff. So that's the little ad break. <laughs> and yes, we thank you everybody who supports us so far. Um, we thank you those of us, those of um, supporters, there's a little group, you know who you are, who've talked to me this week. And one of them is helping us to um, create a, a little podcast intro so I don't have to make it up every time. <laughs> so we're going to the symbols now. So uh, Jen, do you want to start with the Sabian symbol? Yes. Scorpio 24, after having heard an inspired individual deliver her, it's their sermon on the mount crowds are returning home the keynote the need to incorporate inspiring experiences and teaching into everyday living today we hear a great deal about peak experiences the problem the great problem facing everyone who has had such experiences is how to assimilate what has been felt seen Heard and how to let it confusing or perhaps destructive to the integrity of the person. So, this is the time to return home from the high mountain or from any upper chamber of the consciousness, which could lead to oppression by normal realities of existence or else the soul that has been illuminated may retain enough of that light to transfigure every daily situation so it's the great challenge to transformation mm, i love that one and it does speak to what we've been speaking about really you know about this um you know these the challenge of transformation is to realize there's still that duality and things like that so you know that not everybody may have reached that kind of uh mountain or if it's reach is even the right word <laughs> it's just we're all in these everyday experiences and um and we we have to return to normal life with uh embodying the experience and i think that has a lot to do with this moon is learning mm -hmm. how to embody our own wisdom so yeah. we trust who we are and go forward and into the body kind of right we hear something that illuminates us, but how do we act, actualize that mm. in our lives? And it's, it's, as opposed to just being something on a mountaintop, we bring a little piece of it and act from there, which is. And, and of course, my symbol, the Chandra symbol really <laughs> ties in with this as well. It's coca bushes growing wild in the Andes mountains. The pro proliferation of worlds, discovery that there is more, far more, the burden of knowing too much too soon, and the desperation to escape from your destiny into any one of so many worlds, an overwhelming need to deny what lives within, 
a well-practiced art of self-evasion, intricate and advanced. Yet the pursuer, the destiny being, is relentless and unimpressed with excuses. When tracked down and faced with everything you most fear, there begins a journey, a different journey to the heart of existence. Mm. And that means within. (laughs) The heart of existence is in you. (laughs) Why are we doing this? Mm, yeah how we experience life anyway i hope you enjoyed this episode and um so let's tell everybody how they can find us jen so you can find me at my web website jenduchen.com so j-e-n-d-u-c-h-e-n-e i'm on facebook i have some groups so uh the uh, Jendishen Global um, Akashic Global. I should have read that before. Uh, something Global. Oh, Global Guardian of the Akashic Records. <laughs> yeah. And Jen, Jen um, always names her groups, and she can never remember the name. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm an Instagram. I have a page and I have a YouTube channel where I do weekly videos and that is Jendishen Global Guardian of the Akashic Records and um, I do have a class coming up uh, Akashic teaching people how to use the Akashic Records if people are interested it's starting next weekend Cool. And I'm Louise Eddington. You can find me on my website, louiseeddington.com, L-O-U-I-S-E-E-D-I-N-G-T-O-N. And Cosmic Owl Astrology is my Facebook page, my Instagram, um, my YouTube channel. Again, for personal subscribers, likes, everything like that, all help. And I do have a Facebook group as well, Cosmic Owl Astrology Cafe. Some people like pages, some people like groups. Your notifications can show up more with one or the other. So join me anywhere or or, or all of them and please uh, give us a follow. Um, Also, I would like to give a shout out for my book. Again, The Complete Guide to Astrology. This morning it was number four of all astrology books on Amazon again. And the more reviews I can get on Amazon, even if you bought it elsewhere, the higher up in the uh, rankings and ratings it goes. It's not only sales, it's reviews as well. So if you don't have the book, buy a copy. If you do, please, please, please leave me a review on Amazon, preferably a written review and hopefully a five star one. um, (laughs) I want you to be honest, but, you know, we all love five star reviews. (laughs) And before we go, just a reminder quickly about our Patreon. Um, As we finish this, we're going to move and record our Patreon only content just three dollars a month. It's great value to support our work. Until next time, it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen.